This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Our Fair City is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Please enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. This is Ryan Sheely. I am the lead sound designer for Our Fair City. And I wanted to talk to you today a little bit about my favorite audio moments from the past eight seasons. Or I guess I should say seven seasons. We're currently working on season eight, so I can't share or spoil any of those upcoming sounds, but they're going to be awesome. Uh, Anyway, yeah, so Jeffrey Gardner, the uh, director of the show, approached me and asked me if I wanted to put together a little vignette to show or highlight some of my favorite moments in terms of the soundscape from Our Fair City. And whenever I think of my favorite moments, I, I actually do have two in particular that I go back to almost immediately Um, and they both have to do with one of my favorite uh, for lack of a better word accomplishments that I think came together really well one of the challenges in sound design and producing a drama that solely relies upon the sound to tell the story is making it clear and seamless when you cut from one location to another um, early on in the show, we decided to do that with a, uh, a sweeping sound effect. In fact, this sound effect right here is what we call the transition noise. So when you hear this, we have transitioned from one scene to the next. And we still use that even occasionally uh, in the most recent seasons. But sometimes the action is just too quick to keep doing that back and forth. It would make no sense to do that. So we had to develop a technique to execute those location changes so that it was obvious yet seamless. And the goal was for that the listeners don't even have to to process it. It's all done. It's, it's, it's as obvious as we could possibly make it. And my favorite examples of those types of moments come in uh, two season finales. The first, um, if you can hear my son in the background, Jonathan, that's him being upset that I'm not upstairs playing with him. So I apologize for that. Uh, Actually, I don't. I love it. So take that. Um, I don't love that I'm not playing with him. Let me be clear. I love my son and I am happy that he misses me as horrible as that might sound. Okay. Anyway, um, The two season finales in which I think we pulled that off uh, the best or where it was certainly required that we had to do that was in season four's finale of Neil Henderson. We have to cut back and forth between Neil Henderson in the waste fields and the scientists in their lab. So here's an excerpt from season four's finale, Neil Henderson, where we have to implement that technique of location changes. Here we go. 
Neil, are you there? Do you copy? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Ah, splendid. How are you feeling? Rested? Limber? Ready to make scientific history? Actually, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. Oh, don't be. The success of this reactor may well end the power crisis, reverse the food shortage, and save the lives of every man, woman, and mole in the city. But, in science, failure is always a viable outcome, and there is only the teeniest chance of a catastrophic explosion. What? Oh, did that not go through? I said, the success of this reactor. West! Oops. I told you not to touch anything without checking with me first. That includes the radio. Sincerest apologies, Emily. It won't happen again. Mr. Henderson! Are you there? How are you feeling? Uh, fine. Say, what did he mean, catastrophic explosion? Good, good. And how is the Mark I Exo Enhancement Extractor Module? The what? The Super Scooper? Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, the Scooper Duper's working fine. Well, I'm glad that the Mark I Exo Enhancement Extractor Module is functioning optimally. Look, I, I still don't see why me and Betsy can't just go We've and... We've been over this, Mr. The Mark I Exo Enhancement Extractor Module will increase your overall load capacity by a factor of 20. Well, if we got a couple of the other fellas from down... No. So, as you can see, that sets up pretty clearly our two different locations. Now, uh, what I wish I could share with you, but I don't have it any longer, which is sort of a shame, and I'll, I'll catalog that for future reference, is the earlier drafts of that particular scene where we were cutting, hard cutting, between every spoken line in the different locations. What I mean by that is Her uh, if Herbert was talking to Neil uh, from his lab, you would hear Herbert in his lab, and then the second Neil would talk, we'd cut hard cut to Neil in his location in the waste fields, and jumping back and forth with those hard cuts, it made it very jarring. It wasn't, it wasn't seamless or graceful or tactful in any way. It was very distracting. Um, so, then we we implemented the filter with the radio calls in between the two. And so having that tendril of connection between the two scenes. So you have one person talking in one location and the other person hearing that person audibly talking in their location was that bridge that connected the two that really helped seamlessly make the transition work, I think, for everybody. So here's another example of that. So pay attention to the 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 filter that's being used when you hear somebody through the headset versus when we're cutting to their actual location. Henderson, I'll... West will be there in 15 minutes. Oh, no need. I'm out. Did you find the eject button? No, I, I just sort of... Busted my way out. Busted out of steel and titanium reinforcement cables? Uh, yeah. My exo-extraction module. Sorry? Never mind, just get back to work. All right, Betsy. Looks like it's up to you and me. Let's do this the way we were meant to. So we learned that technique for the season finale of season four, and lo and behold, the finale for season five comes around, and we have to do it yet again. And if you hear that upstairs, that's uh, Dean Yeager. That is my dog barking. And he also is in our fair city. He plays the role of Emerson, the dog. So now you have that little bit of trivia. Um, there's some more trivia coming up a little bit later. Now, we learned our lesson in Season 4 of uh, the proper technique and cutting back and forth between different locations. And we implemented that yet again in the season finale of Season 5, 
and here is the hijacked Hope of Heart Life and the communications between Herbert West and Elizabeth. Herbert is trying to deal with all sorts of chaos in the aft area of the ship while Elizabeth is piloting it. And we go back and forth many, many times, and I think this is a very good example of cutting back and forth, but keeping it clear enough so that nobody gets lost. Who is piloting the ship? I didn't see. Why would someone hijack a giant bomb? For science! What? What? You just yelled for science again. Did I? Yes. Well, good. We're back in range. I've just reached the Geoship's primary cargo bay. How's the control room? Shaking violently. Splendid. What does the pressure gauge read for the secondary tank? Uh, 500 bars. Balter Dash, what's the pressure in Pascal's? You want me to turn this thing around? No, I'm sorry, dear. That's better. Now then, when we reach 1,000 bars, I want you to throw the switch labeled Vent Explosive Gas. The red one? No, 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 that's the self-destruct, the brass one, the one I soldered into the side of the panel. But not until we reach a pressure of 1,000 bars. Well, why don't we just do it now? In addition to being explosive, the gas we're carrying is unbelievably toxic. If we vent it prematurely, we'll poison thousands of people. We need to reach a safe depth first. But didn't you say we'd explode if the pressure gets too high? Yes, but only if the gas binds an ignition source. Which is why I'm down here insulating all of the sparking wires in the cargo bay. Then shut up and stop the sparks already. I'm on it. Crackers, I'm out of tape. What's the pressure? 650. Plan B. I'm going to destroy this deck's entire electrical supply. For science! (laughs) Oh, Herbert. I love him so. And Herbert loves Elizabeth, and Elizabeth loves Herbert, and I promised you all a little bit more trivia. Well, for those who didn't know, Herbert and Elizabeth are married in real life. I play Herbert West, and my wife, Tara Sheely, the one, the only, the beautiful, the talented, plays Elizabeth. And we have two boys, the first of which is Harrison, the second of which is Jonathan. Jonathan, we heard a little bit earlier in the documentary here. Um, But Harrison was born on July 1st, 2014, making us both parents. And I could not possibly continue work on Our Fair City until I included him in the sound design. You'll see here in just a moment that at six or seven days old, he was already quite the performer. my boy and the sounds he was making inspired me to incorporate him as the primary source material for the sound effect that later became all of the ants in our fair city Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this little behind-the-scenes into the sound design of Our Fair City. We'll see you in the tunnels.
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.